and I just really feel like this is a word for your viewers right now, okay? And, and, and I hope that they hear this, is that there is so much out there of, you know, building this or, or going through this format, or you've got to understand how to do this, or, you know, no, you, everybody who is a child of God hears from Christ. He is not going to leave you alone. And he sent you the spirit of God to speak to you. And he does speak to us. In my work as a pastor and pioneer of new things, I get to work with, coach, and learn from others, tilling soil, planting seeds, and praying for rain as we dig in and engage our communities for the mission of God. Join me as we share stories from the field in the Common Ground Podcast. And now back to part two of our conversation. So that's basically what you, so Tom and I started in August of 2014 mm-hmm. and we had, um, is that right? Or two, 2013? Mm-hmm. I think it was 2013 we started. Mm-hmm. And then 2014 was the first national gathering. And yeah, it, that's right. Yeah. And so with, and that's where I'll, uh, if you, if you want me to, I'll share about what we do at national gatherings. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my first um, I'm trying to think of how I even this whole this whole thing got started, except that, you know, my entry into the movement was um, for the most part through our our bishop here in North Georgia and what she had done with Michael Beck down in Florida and um, just some, you know, some things the Holy Spirit was doing in a previous context I was doing and connecting some dots for me and hearing um, and reading about Verlin's work and kind of putting all of those uh, those things together. And then I was in a uh, was in a pioneer learning community, um, had started a, a dinner church and went to my first national gathering. So that was that was like 2016. Yeah, I'm thinking. it Yeah, was- that was my first national gathering I went to. And I was just so impressed by um what you what you did in your ministry even at our national gatherings and then obviously you know since then and and coming on the US team with you and knowing what you do i mean just praying over the trainers and the events and all of the different things that are going on and 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 Cheryl just being able to reach out to you and ask you for prayer in some of my harder places has been such a just a gift and a blessing and what the 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 pictures that God has given you um, have been so amazingly helpful to me and in, in, in persevering as well. So I can't thank you enough for what you do. But um, yeah, share a little bit about what you do at, at National Gathering. Well, when we go to a National Gathering, again, it's, it's starting with that, um, you know, anointing a space. So we have a room, we have a prayer room, and I spend time usually the day before, uh, praying over that room and preparing it and setting it apart for, for the, the pioneers to come in and meet with Jesus. Okay. Mm. So in essence, we call it the Ananias prayer team and prayer encounter rooms. Um, an example we did, we do Missio as well. We've done Missio mm. several years and Chris had shared, I'll share this one example. And this kind of, this kind of like what you just said about words and pictures that, that yeah. you have received from the Lord through this vessel. Okay. So we were at Missio and um, usually it's kind of slow. People come into the prayer room. I have, I have very seasoned prayer ministers. Okay. People that know how to hear the voice of God for another person. It's not a format. It's not, I went to this Mm -hmm. training or this training. I got certified. No, it's people that, that they may have gone to 
on any yeah. number of trainings, right? Yeah. But it's that whatever they have gleaned in their journey with the Lord in prayer that, that makes them who they are as a vessel for the Holy Spirit to speak and that are sensitive, that they are not prideful, that they do have no understanding. They're, they're literally like set apart and, you know, I'm doing, I, I'm grateful to be a, a handmaiden of the Lord. Um, and, and they're people I've worked with. They're people, and, and I will ask the Lord before in a, a gathering, I'll say, who do you want to come this, this year? Yeah. And I might have people that I'm thinking, oh, this person, you know, and, and the Lord's like, nope, you're not inviting them. Nope, you're not. I'm like, oh. so, and it's usually a very <laughs> small group of people. It's like three or four people. It's unbelievable with a thousand people. And we only have three or four people. It's, I, I don't understand why, but it's his deal. Okay. Yeah. My deal. Yeah. So one, Missio, um, as an example, this is an example of what happens. So we had a pastor come in and he was really struggling. And we had an artist that was also in the room. She was worship painting mm-hmm. while we were, and we have, we have, um, my husband and we'll come to some of them. He's a worship leader. And then I've got other worship leaders and we, and we'll have like a music playing worship music, anointed music, work, worship music in the space to be a backdrop. Like, and I always say it's, it's uh, David on the harp at the pool of his, mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. that's what this music is. It's not performance. It's literally undergirding yeah. in war, in warfare. Okay. Yeah. But as David at the pool of Bethesda. And um, so this man's name was Jim and he came in and I prayed with him while Sarah Brumbaugh, who was our, our artist in residence, she was painting a picture. Okay. So as I'm praying for him, the Lord gave me this picture of him laying down in a, um, like one of these, you know, where you've got this, what do you call it? It starts with a P um, where you can see the sky over your, you know, you go into this, this, this room and the sky, you can, it, it, oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, it's like you go in and you, you know, so the person, Jim was like laying down, looking up at the stars uh-huh. and, and it was the sense of, he was not, he, God knew him. I see yeah. you under that fig tree kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and he was in just a very, very painful place. Mm-hmm. And after he left, I went over to Sarah and she said, Cheryl, what do you think of this picture? I just finished it. It was exactly what I saw. Wow. Exactly what I saw. And I went, oh my goodness. The God. And she's like, well, you can give it to him. So she would give all of her work away and she wow. said, give it to him. So mm. I went out and I went looking for this man. I mean, you know, in my flesh, racing around, trying to find him, couldn't find him. So I went back to the prayer room door and I was standing on the hallway and I, I could see it at, at Alfred Street Baptist Church. I could see the entry of the foyer with the marble and everything over at the doors. Mm-hmm. And I said, Jesus, listen to me. I said, if you want me to give this thing to him, I said, mm-hmm. you're going to have to pick him out for me. You're going to have mm-hmm. to. Sh-. And at that moment, by himself, he walked from outside the church to the door of the, as I was looking. And I was <laughs> racing up and I grabbed him and I said, yeah. Come with me. So after that, I shared it with Chris Backert. And then the second day of the conference, he goes in front of everyone, thousand people, and he says, Listen, we're learning a lot about God. We're learning a lot about how to help others meet God. Yeah. You really want to be with God and hear from God. We have a prayer encounter room. And mm-hmm. he shared the story and he showed the picture. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh my gosh. And the Lord had said at the beginning of the conference, there is going to be a watershed moment yeah. where the Holy Spirit's going to fall. We had people lined up out the door. I bet you did. I don't, I don't doubt that. I so don't doubt that. 
So that basically gives you an example of people meet with Jesus at the at the national gatherings. Yeah, but you but you do but you do things. Obviously, we we you do so so many things from you know from where you are to wherever our events and things are happening. Sometimes you know that's at a distance. Sometimes there's a phone call. Sometimes we uh, text you and you know things like that as well, which is wonderful. But I'm curious if. If you had a kind of an ideal scenario for a local church and how they are supporting their pioneers and their fresh expressions of church, what would that look like locally? I think that, um, so you're talking about if you had a particular pioneer. Who's yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times we try to, you know, we try to have, we, we, we certainly encourage folks to um, have a prayer support or even um a team maybe um, to consistently be praying for um, that, that Luke 10 to prayer for, for laborers, for the harvest that has been made ripe. Um, we encourage prayer walking. Like what, what would be the perfect recipe for in your mind for how to support uh, pioneers and fresh expressions of church in the local church? I think that um, in regards, okay, so uh, forgive me, I'm trying to clarify. Okay. So let's say it's your church, all right, mm-hmm. Heather's church, and you are the pastor or are you the associate pastor? I'm the associate. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, let's say you're the one, uh, and are you the pioneer? Okay. So you're the pioneer. So let's, let's use that as a scenario. So you're a pioneer in your church and you're feeling a call to do whatever God's mm-hmm. telling you to do, right? And so first I would, if you already have intercessors, if you already have people around you that you know, pray for you, right? Mm-hmm. That you trust. Mm-hmm. Trust is huge. You have to trust people. You also have to have um, like one or two people. Two is, is preferable. Mm-hmm. Um, five is, you know, awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay? But these are people that you know, love and support you, that would sacrifice for you, mm-hmm. that have a heart for you. Um, they don't have to be, you know, incredible, whatever. But uh if there are people that have a heart for prayer, that you know that they pray, that they that that's something that's close to their heart. Yeah. Um, to have those people come alongside you in a confidential state mm-hmm. and to commit to praying as the Holy Spirit leads. A lot leads. A lot of people will say, "Well, I need somebody to pray for me daily." Yeah. It's like, okay, well, if they're called to, they will. Mm-hmm. But it's I don't I don't when I when I talk with people or you know raising up you know intercessors for other people. It's, it's really, again, John 3, 8, where, you know, as the wind blows, it's, it's the Holy Spirit's a person, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he's, you know, there'll be times where, you know, I used to kill myself thinking I've got to pray at this time every day, or I've got to do, Ooh, no, no, yeah. no, I'll be in the car. And all of a sudden the Holy, not a good thing now. <laughs> but Cheryl, that's so, I think that's so helpful for people to hear that because, uh, and to be reminded of that, because we can think that there has to be this, I have to pray for this person on this day, or or I have to be praying about this thing. But I think more than anything, what you're, what you're calling us to is just a um, creating space for the wind to blow where it blows, right? And for the Spirit to lead you to pray and to intercede for whoever that might be. For whatever the spirit might, might might be elite, but 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 to intentionally create that space, I think is that is, is the most important thing. I think it's it's creating the expectancy, not ex, mm. not not mm. expectations, mm. 
but expectancy. That's good. And, it's, and, and that space you're talking about is not a time space. It's yeah. not, you know, a place space. It's, 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 it's abiding with Jesus. That's it's so good. Yeah. It's saying to him, you know, Lord, I want to be attentive to you at all times yeah. in a, in a, in a, in, in a rhythm. Right. But if, if, you know, if there's something you're doing, like if God's called you to something, I mean, and I could go on and on about all kinds of times with me. Okay. But it's, it's learning how, and everybody's different, just like in everybody's relationship. And that's, what's hard too, is people will say, well, I'm not like that, or I'm not like her, I'm, you know, whatever. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow. Okay. But just like me and you, we have a certain relationship. I have a certain relationship with my husband. I have a certain relationship with my children. I'm not the same necessarily with any of them. Okay. I'm still the same person, but I relate differently. So Jesus is Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is a person. Okay. And, and he's, and he is not to be feared. He's not to be like, this is weird or anything, you know, or charismatic. Everybody, if you're a child of God, if you're a follower of Christ, you're charismatic. Okay. It's semantical because mm. it's, he, Jesus said, when I go to be with my father, I will send the comforter and he will give you understanding in everything. And, and, and so cool. Um, again, it's like, Jesus, what I've learned is there's confirmation, okay, mm-hmm. that you have to have confirmations. If say Heather is sitting there going, I am just feeling this just intense, comp- comp- compelled to do this thing, or my heart is just so heavy for this demographic of people, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's like, okay, Lord, I need to, um, mm-hmm. I need you to clarify that for me. Yeah, yeah. For me, yeah. usually it's three times. God's mm-hmm. pretty good at telling me three mm-hmm. times, mm-hmm. but when I hear it the first time, I'm usually like, okay, whatever, you know, then I hear it the second time and I'm like, okay, what? And then the third time I'm like, all right, <laughs> let's, let's, okay. What do you want me to do? I'm ready to do whatever. Cause, cause, and you have to ask. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I think that there's so much in, and I just really feel like this is a word for your viewers right now. Okay. And, and, and I hope that they hear this is that there is so much out there of, you know, building this or, or going through this format, or you've got to understand how to do this, or, you know, no, you, everybody yeah. who's a child of God hears from Christ. He is not going to leave you alone. And he sent you the spirit of God to speak to you. Mm. And he does speak to us. He speaks to people differently. Like my husband, he's not seeing visions like I do. Okay. He doesn't do that, but circumstantially he knows, okay, wait, 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 wait. This is, that's how God speaks to him. So, and not to be afraid of that. I mean, I spent years yeah. going, I want it this way, Lord. Yeah. He's like, okay, I'm just going to, a good parent. I'm going to sit here and let you wrestle till you fall on the ground until you're willing to work with me. Yeah. I'm not going to work with you. You need to work with me. And when you do submit and bend to me and you abide in that vine, then I'm going to give you what you need. It's like Moses. When, when God said to Moses, I want you to go and, you know, but Hey Lord, I got the stutter. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. He's like, who are you to say what I can, can yeah, and can do? Yeah. And I've just asked you and I've, I've anointed you, David, but you know, what? I'm a little guy out here in the field. No, I've, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to let, you know, the priest, you know what I mean? Well, it's so, it's so much of what you said already too, Cheryl. I mean, you've talked about being the vessel and I think expectancy is a great word. It, 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 it speaks to a level of 
uh, consciousness almost, a level of awareness that I think, I mean, I would even I would even venture to say a lot of apostles really struggle with. Because they are so driven and they are so let's go and they are so this uh, burning passion that's just ready to do the thing, whatever the thing is. But um, sometimes it can be to the detriment of that level of um, awareness, not necessarily expectancy, but I think almost a level of awareness. Right. Because we're just we're just going to plow on ahead. Right. Um you, I mean, you, you, you have been able to, um, been able to. I don't want to use the word manage. You've learned to tend your gift in a way that, um, that really speaks to uh, not plowing ahead, right? Because you knew, you had seen, you knew exactly, you know, and were expectant for what God was going to do because God already called you to it, had already called you to it, given you a vision of it, but you were just waiting for that that conversation to happen. And then when Chris approached you, you were like, all right, let, let, let's go. I don't want to wait, you know, <laughs> next week or whatever. Like I already know what it is. <laughs> but there's such a there's such a, a holy patience. That is a gift of the spirit as well, is it not? Um but that was from but Heather, you have to understand that was from years yeah. of me having to submit, me having to learn how to submit. And so it wasn't just all of a sudden. It was it, and that's yeah. the thing that's hard is as you, as I look back, I'm, you know, I'm 53, you know, I can look back and think <laughs> about how painful it was because the other thing is you're having to reach a point like Dave Bindewald yesterday did our, our Linton message and it, you gotta, you gotta go watch he's it. So okay? He's so um, great. He's so great. He's so great. But what he was saying was so beautiful. And so down to earth and like looking from a human perspective of God, are you going to do what you said you're going to do? You know, are you really who that is? You know, can mm. I trust that? Right. And it's like, that's what we have to work through on this journey with, with prayer and this journey as a pioneer, this journey as, you know, who are we in Christ and what, what do you want on this earth? What do we do is we, we have to go through times where we are learning how to trust jumping off a cliff or like, yeah. you, or like you see the, you know, the analogy of the man with the wheelbarrow on the, on the tightrope, you know, yeah, yeah. do you want to be the man that's in the, in the wheelbarrow? Is that yeah. something you want to be, right? Yeah. Leo Park, Leo Park from uh, the WCA, you know, prayer group in New Jersey. He he had this wonderful analogy of that. But this is this is the process, and the Lord may speak to a pioneer. We'll get back to your question, okay? He may speak to a pioneer and give them a, a burning heart desire. We all know what that feels like, right? Mm-hmm. But there's this question mark of, am I going to be able to trust God? for what he's asking you to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you have intercessors that you ask to come alongside you and you ask God for those intercessors and you're not afraid. Yeah. And the other thing is intimacy and vulnerability and transparency yeah. and abandonment. Okay. This, it's a lot of pain. Okay. Yeah. Unless he falls to the ground and dies. Okay. So in the same way, you may have a powerful desire and you ask a couple of very trusted intercessors or you seek out yeah. Some strong and the thing is the Lord will provide those. I, yeah. That's just the way I work. I, I'm not yeah. someone. I only go to the store and get an intercessor. No, that doesn't work. Okay, <laughs> so it's it's really how God God will give you everything that you need. Yeah. But, but the question is, this is the question: Are you going to believe Him for those things? Yeah. Are you going to believe Him for things that you cannot see? Yeah. And yeah. as a pioneer, as you know, it is a hard hard road. It is. But like you said, 
over years, months, you know, years of um, of trusting God and God delivering on those things that he's shown you, I just, it, it, it makes it easier and easier every time. I mean, it, it feels yeah. uh, like more and more, I feel more and more free to do that. And you know, when 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 God gives me a vision for something and I'm like, yeah, OK, <laughs> you know, <laughs> OK, well, you know, I'm going to just trust that you're going to figure out how that's going to happen. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's almost like exercising a muscle over and over yeah, and over again. That's exactly what I was going to say. I, I know that you're you, you and I are both running short on time, but I would like to ask you two questions. One, is there something that you are reading or listening to right now that's really got your attention that you might um, encourage other people to read or listen to podcasts, books, music, anything in particular? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um. I think for me, the things that I'm reading right now, number one is the Lord is really like smacking me in the butt to say, you need to be in my word. Okay. So that's, mm-hmm. that's been a huge thing. And, and, and I think that that's really important when we think, you know, oh, we're in the word all the time. No, no, you really need to be, you need to be listening. Um, I want to leave first John two twenty seven. First John two twenty seven is, uh, and this is another, um, another word I wanted to, to kind of leave with you is, um, Oh gosh, was that? I'm sorry. The other thing about me is I can like lose a thought pretty quick. Um, (laughs) um, When, when I started the Lenten season, um, the first day of the Lenten season, I had written down a verse in my journal that it was a journal that had been given to me. I didn't even realize three years ago on my birthday, 2018. Hmm. And I had held it because it was been given to me by a special friend, uh, Sandy Kionis here in, in New Bern. And she and, and I just felt really led to open that and use it for Lent. Okay. And the, the other day I got back from being in New York city with my daughter. I was deathly ill for a week. It was, it was like being in, um, it was like being in a cage in my body. It was mm-hmm. hard. When I came back again, smack me around. It's time to, you know, wake up Cheryl. Right. So I get home and with my husband, I said, what should we read? He goes, first John, let's read first John. I'm like, okay. So I read the first chapter, right? And then I get, um, I want to read it to you because I'm going to leave you with this. Okay. Um, whoa. Um, I put a bookmark in. Hold a second. Let me find it. Um, but I was, I don't write in my Bible. I'm one of those weird people that doesn't write in a Bible because I've, for 30 years, I just, I just feel like it's got to be pure every time. It's the word mm-hmm. of God. Um, but this particular time I started reading the next day, I started reading the second chapter of first John. And as I'm reading it, I get to this, I get to this verse and I'm going to show you. You wrote, <laughs> I underlined it in ink. Okay. First time, first time in 30 years. Just I am a, bi- I am absolutely a Bible writer honor. So yeah. Oh, you anyway. don't understand a word I'm saying. <laughs> so what the verse was, it says, I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. Mm-hmm. Intercessors and prophets are as Jeremiah, as John the Baptist. They are out there speaking truth. Yeah. And there's a deceiver. We are the ones that bring clarity and truth to those that are being deceived. Okay. But the anointing that you received from him abides in you. As we've been talking about, the Holy Spirit lives mm-hmm. in us. And you have no need that anyone should teach you. Hmm. Hmm. 
But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. So, so you see this. Okay. So here's this. Hold one second. <laughs> um, okay. Sorry. You can edit that out. I'm sure. <laughs> um, so I put March, 2021 on, uh -huh. on that. Okay. I put, I actually wrote it on there. All right. Uh -huh. So then after I was reading it, I'm sitting there going, okay, well, I'm going to not, I don't want to write in the Bible anymore. I always feel compelled. But I'm going to get my journal out. So this is the journal I just talked about uh -huh. from my friend. Okay. And here is what she wrote. 325.18, right? Uh-huh. So, and I had been led. I had been holding this forever, waiting for God to tell me when to use this journal. Three years. Uh-huh. Day two, February 18th, 2021. But the anointing that you received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it was taught you, he, it has taught you, abide in me. First John 2, 27. And what was the date on that? This was February 18th. This was, but this was the first verse I wrote in here. Oh. <laughs> and then this is the one that I actually wrote. Oh my gosh. Underlined. Okay. So in these, in these times when God does this in my life, yeah. he's, he's saying, you better listen up. Yeah. You better listen up. There's a reason why I gave you this. So ultimately my, my word to your listeners is pioneers, those that want to support pioneers. Um, those that want to fund pioneers, okay, is you need to get with Jesus, <laughs> really get with Jesus, mm -hmm. get beyond all the things, you know, all mm -hmm. the things that, you know, you think you should know all the trainings in your life, whatever you need to just get to the pure and simple place of going as a child of God to Jesus, as a soldier of Christ, mm -hmm. as a daughter, son, a son of the King, the most high, you know, most high God is to sit with him and just be open, real, abandoned, vulnerable, transparent, mm -hmm. and give your life. And then you need to say, Lord, show me who you have to support me as Aaron and her. Yeah. Who are those intercessors, those, mm -hmm. those ones that you have already picked out for me? Yeah, You would not call me to this work if you did not have Aaron and hers just yes. my arms up while I'm trying to do the work. So and these are places that are uncomfortable for most academics. They're uncomfortable for apostles. Yeah. They're uncomfortable because you have to be vulnerable and transparent with another human being, mm. but most especially with Jesus. So, so I hope that's encouraging. Yes. I hope that, you know. Yes. Yes. Cheryl, thank you so much. You are, again, I'll say it, such a gift to me and to this movement and to so many others. And um I'm just so grateful that that God has given you all of these places and people to share your gifts with. Thank you. Mm -hmm.